from Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 595. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, ShipStation, and Factor. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Uh, well, a little sad today. A little oh, yeah? uh, jealous, uh, envious. I listened to last week's episode today. <laughs> and uh, great conversation with you and Toasty, but... Mm. didn't make me feel good you know what i mean i'm just like oh yeah <laughs> because in another timeline me and you went to japan last year like mm-hmm. that that was the original plan 10 year anniversary go to japan but then that all got uh derailed and now here we are and i really want to go to japan and hearing all of those stories just made me want to go even more yeah, so you you actually weren't in Japan last week, correct? Uh, unfortunately, but uh, we did we did talk about Toasty's amazing stationary adventures. How yep. fun was that episode? That just was listening great. all that. So I mean, that's great. a that's a five or six hour episode in the making. Like if yeah. we had that opportunity, just I if you haven't uh, gone through and checked out her Instagram, just like the photos and the the whole trip and everything that she put together was was really great. So I was glad. We got to um, sit and talk about it for a little bit because uh, it, it it truly, truly was great and lots of great feedback on that one. So thank you, Toasty Treat, for uh, sharing some time with me, telling me about your travels in Japan and making Mike and I immensely jealous. Indeed. Um, Indeed. So we obviously we've had some weird scheduling the last few weeks. We're going to talk about uh, where I was last week, but there mm-hmm. is one more scheduling item, and I think we should then be cleared up. Uh, we won't be recording next week, so we're going to be taking Christmas week off. The show will be back on the third of January, so we'll be off the last week of the year because we no longer have to try and line things up <laughs> so we can take a break. We used to do this. Then there was a couple. Then I think it was at least one year, maybe two, where we realized if we just did a show every single week, we'd line up exactly episode five hundred with the ten year anniversary of the show. Uh, yeah, I think it was five hundred, right? With it was. The, it was. So, like, it would have been the exact day, the exact date, the exact anniversary to record the 500th episode, as long yeah. as we didn't take uh, a, week, a off. week off, which we rarely do. Like, but uh-huh. but I'm I am glad we do. Like, the end of the year, like the week off, like it's totally good, like it's proper and it's what we should do. But we did we did <laughs> do some advanced math and like, oh yeah, we need to keep going. And there was actually a little pressure there. It's like, don't get sick, don't get sick, don't get sick. <laughs> yes, but we did it. So. That was fun. That was fun. So, yes, we will be off next week. We'll be back on uh, January the 3rd. And that leads into the next topic. I just wanted to give a shout out to one of your other shows, uh, Cortex. Was this actually episode 150 of Cortex? Yes, it was. Yeah. Which is hilarious. So that's a good, convenient, yeah, good, convenient uh, round number there for your yearly themes edition with Gray. I want you to talk about that yep. but without telling your theme and then we'll revisit that uh with a good reason uh coming january 3rd so tell me about that episode real quick yeah a number of years ago now uh, probably like for five or six years ago uh gray and i started the yearly themes idea for cortex where this is the thing that gray uh had started doing himself and then we adapted it together and grew it into this idea um where Instead of setting resolutions at the start of the year, you set a theme because resolutions, they suck, frankly, because mm-hmm. they are fixed thing fixed things that you can succeed or fail on, and a theme is more of a guide. So, for example, if you had said, 
I want to read five books this year. That's your resolution. If you read four books, you failed. But you read four books, which is great. So if instead you were doing a year of reading, then reading those four books, that's all upside. And like, let's just say, imagine something happened halfway through the year, a new career opportunity came up for you, but it required reading uh, technical papers. Well, you could include that in your year of reading. It would not be part of a resolution. Like a yearly theme is like a guide. It draws you through a year. Uh, it's something you can keep coming back to, right? And you can help it make, you can use your theme to help you make decisions. So Gray and I set a theme for ourselves every year, which kind of encompasses uh, our working life and our personal life. Sometimes uh, one or the other, sometimes both. And on the Yearly Themes episode, we talk about and review our previous year. So we review 2023 and how our themes were for 2023. Uh, Mine was the year of the weekend. And then we look forward and set our themes for 2024, which, as we said, I won't spoil yet in case you do want to go Mm -hmm. listen to the episode. And we kind of look forward to what the year is going to be. And then over time, we created the Theme System Journal, which is a loosely guided experience for you to help you stay on track with the themes, right? So uh, if you write down what your theme is, then you have journaling pages where you write every day with the idea being that if you're writing in your theme system journal, you should be reflecting on your yearly theme and using it as a guide to kind of move you through the course of the year. So, uh, But I really recommend the themes episode. It's, it's one of my favorite episodes of anything that I do in the year. Um, and uh, this one was really interesting. There's like a bigger side in the middle of it where uh, Gray is kind of like talking about something that he's been thinking about uh, as, a, as a content creator. So it's a okay, very nice. interesting episode that I think you might dig. Yeah, so I think it's kind of like the main kind of crossover episode, even if you're not, not a regular Cortex listener, yeah. but you're a pen addict listener and you're into stationary and you're into journaling and planning and thinking about these things. It's it's very helpful in the context of this show as we talk about um, you know all the uses for our different stuff. And a lot of us are tracking things or journaling things and planning things. So it's it's a good crossover. So coming up, um, on our next episode, which again, we're off next week. So January 3rd, when we're in the new year, um, we'll do our stationary resolutions, even though it's not really like resolutions, like we're avoiding for the themes. We're just like our kind of our ideas for stationary in 2024. So if you have any ideas, uh, or stationary resolutions that you're working on for 2024, I'd like to hear them. And I'd like to, um, you know, maybe read some on the show. So where can people send those um, comments to us, Mike? Send them in at penaddictfeedback.com. You can just select follow-up or whatever you want, but just go yeah, to penaddictfeedback.com and you can send them in there. So we'll do our stationary resolutions uh, first week of January. And, and uh, I'm curious to what everyone else is thinking about uh, coming up for this next year. So I'm curious what I'm thinking about. Me too. too. <laughs> <laughs> it always it always sneaks up on you. And there's and I, I talk about this throughout the year. It's like I'm always changing my systems or changing how I'm thinking about, you know, buying things or using things. And I think it's important for us to talk about, uh, especially like as it relates to the stationary landscape as a whole and your personal stationary usage and all the things like that. So with that out of the way, I wasn't sure we were going to approach this topic today, even though Mm -hmm. I knew why you were off last week. I didn't know if this was going to be a topic for our show, but it turns out it might be the best topic for (laughs) our show. So uh, let me let you uh, let me let you describe what you did last week. 
So there is more detail to this in the Cortex episode that we mentioned. But last mm-hmm. week, uh, I was, I went to college last week. I did a, <laughs> a short course at the University of Arts in London um, called Introduction to Product Design. So obviously, this is where my life has taken me um, over the last few years, purposefully and uh, uh, intentionally, moving more into thinking about products, how to make them, how they impact people. And... I find myself in situations now where I'm talking with people who have much more base knowledge than me, and I've gotten through mostly okay, but I would like to feel more confident, and so I thought one of the ways to do this is to try and learn, and I found that these were a thing you could do. You can pay a fee. It it was expensive, but not crazy. It was like 700 pounds, and you have... I was part of a small class with a tutor for five days uh, at the college. That was really important to me. Um, I wanted to be able to immerse myself in it. You can do some of these things over Zoom and you can do like a couple of hours a week, but that that wasn't what I wanted. Um, I wanted to actually go and immerse myself. And I was even more so actually. The, the building was all like concrete and stuff. And when I was actually in the classroom, I didn't get cell service. Mm. But there was Wi-Fi, but I never connected to it. So for the entire time that I was in the classroom, I had no one could get in contact with me. And that was like an intentional choice that I decided to keep. And so basically, I would only come up for air once at lunchtime during mm-hmm. the day and then would again after the class was over. So this was something I'd been, I booked it a few months ago. I'd been really looking forward to it. And uh, it was fantastic. Like we did a lot of things that were like just talk. The main thing that I took away was I just loved being in that environment and just mm-hmm. thinking about design. And like it was just so fun and interesting. Um, and obviously, in a week, there's only so much you can do, right? So effectively, we we spoke about design. Like, what is design? What you know? Like it was a small group. Like we're kind of just talking about what design means to us, what product design means to us, what our preferences are. Then we did a little technical drawing um, and storyboarding and orthographic drawing. And then the last two days, we ended up building... Uh, we, we drew out an idea and then built a model of it in card. And it was a, a light. We had to build like a, a, a lamp of some description. Um, and so that it was really interesting to go from like ideation to technical drawing to storyboarding and the storyboarding you use it to like show how someone might use it in their life mm-hmm. to then getting like a bunch of card some scissors craft knives and a hot glue gun it was the first time i've ever used a hot glue gun i realized i've just never used <laughs> one before uh, sure. and built a little model um at the end of it of a, of a little lamp or a little light like a work like that I built it was fantastic but uh, and we can talk about it more if you want to, but the reason I wanted to mm-hmm. bring it up specifically on the show is we had a required materials list, yeah. which included a lot of stationery, including School some supplies, things, baby. Exactly. Some things I never even knew existed, which I had I didn't <laughs> understand what they were, but I bought them and now understand what they are. Um, and then I also took some stuff of my own. So we can get into that, but I wondered if you if you had any questions for me first. I, I do, but I think it's going to be for after right. the, the supplies list in All more right. of a general broader scope. So yes, I do. So I'll tell you that these are the list, the list of things that we were told to bring was kind of like, and I'll tell you more about what I chose, like some scissors, knives, 
uh, a ruler, like a craft knife, a ruler, coloring pencils, and the first thing I'll talk about, which is an A4 layout pad. I didn't know mm. what that meant. Like, in in my mind, it was like, well, you know, it's just like a A4 pad of paper. I'd never heard of layout paper before. Are you familiar with layout paper? Do you know what <sighs> it is? Not really. I am. I'm looking at it now. So, I if you would have told me this i this is not what i would have would have come up with yeah basically what it is it's just it's just thin mm-hmm. and the reason you want it to be thin is so you can trace really easily but it's not tracing right. paper it's just a very thin regular paper so like you know it it takes to pens and pencils and all that kind of stuff as a piece of paper would but it's very thin so obviously like it really does it bleeds through like anything you put on there will show through to the other side but that doesn't matter cuz the the real key is like for example if you've like sketched something out right mm-hmm. and then you want to show it neater or show it in a storyboard or adapt it you can very easily trace through the paper that that's all it, that's why like apparently it's used by a lot of uh product designers for this reason like it, it's very easy to iterate a design using la- a layout pad because the paper's thin enough that you can just keep tracing over and over and over again yeah it's it's basically a way to get like depths and layers that you yeah. might on a digital layout like if you're designing your your lamp problem right you would have an under layer of like the bulb or the lighting system and then a layer on the top that would be like the shade or the the cover or things like that. And you can continually test these things on top of each other, right? Just bringing them back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No, I did not realize that this was a thing, to be honest. Maybe so that's like, great. And um, we needed um, like felt pens, like ink pens. So uh, like fine liners. And they gave mm-hmm. us like we needed a 0.1 millimeter, a 0.5 and a 0.7 yeah, I love specifically. how specific they are. They're, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Having done the course, I don't know why they were so specific. I used all three, though. Like, it was useful to me in my technical drawing. But they never told us to use one or the other. But I think it's just because they know that these are probably the ones you're going to need. And I went with Copic Multiliner SP for yeah, mine. I have so many questions about this. Why? Have you ever used one of these before? Because this is one of my favorite pens of all time. I don't yeah, know yeah, you know I've this. used the Copic. I, I don't okay. know if I've used the SP the SP in particular, yes. Yeah, it was. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. they're Can crazy yeah. expensive. Yes, they are. <laughs> they're so expensive. As you see so through this stuff, I decided to treat myself when yeah. it came to. I because here's the thing: like, I was gonna have the opportunity to buy and use stationery that I never do, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Well, I'm gonna get good stuff." Yeah, it was like yeah. The layout pad wasn't expensive. I went with mm-hmm. something from a company called Dela Rowney, but I found stuff that was way cheaper than the four pound that I paid. But it's like, no, I'm going to pay that. I'm going to get the nicer one. It's the same. It's like the multi line is like eight pounds each. Like, yeah, I, I kind of decided to, it, I, you know, it's like with all of the stuff that I use, I use nice products because if I use the nice products, I'm more likely to use them, right? Like that's the thing mm-hmm. that we're always talking mm-hmm. about. And so I wanted to get nice stuff because then I was going to be more likely to use that stuff. And uh, it, it was that's how it ended up working out for me. And it was I thought it was really cool to have these nice things. And yeah, the, the multi-liner, the Copic multi-liner is pretty cool. Did you get all, all black on those, all three yeah. of those colors black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I figured, that, but yeah. They didn't specify, but that seemed like what they would have wanted, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, um, love them. They wanted coloring pencils, and so I went with Caron Dash Prismello coloring pencils. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. particularly uh, care about the Prismello thing. This is like they—they're like they can also be watercolor pencils. 
Gotcha. That's what that's what this range is. Um, but I ended up just going with like I know Karen Dash products are good and the colors were good and they I found a pretty decent deal on the like a box of twelve I think I went with. Um, okay. And so yeah, and they were really great. Like I was happy that I did that because I also with what I was doing I needed uh, red, yellow, and orange, and the box that I had had like two reds. I got an 18 pack. It had like two reds and stuff. So it ended up being pretty good for what I needed. So I was happy that mm-hmm. I actually went with a with the larger box. And I really only did it because I got a good deal on it. But I ended up with like a few shades of some colors, which was pretty helpful for what I was trying to achieve. Yeah, I haven't tested these out because I'm pretty set in my color pencil ways. Like once you find a set that you like, you they, you don't use, you know, at least I don't as not an artist or designer, you don't wear them out like you might other products so, mm-hmm. so you kind of stick with them but these look interesting to try at least um i decided to get an eraser um and just so i would have something uh just more sturdy and i went with the tombow mono zero eraser and i got a lot of use out of this thing yeah so number one number one eraser suggestion in the world of all time yep without without question in any format like you have like the the pin style but you can just their their blocks are fine too yep i think when i was buying it like i bought some of this stuff from cold pens i think i just like sorted by most popular when it came to mm-hmm. stuff like the eraser yep uh we needed a ruler and I went with the Midori multi-ruler because I thought it would be helpful, and it was. Uh, I'm laughing so hard because, I, like, two weeks ago, we did this whole ruler um, display on Twitch, and this is the ruler I decided I needed to buy. So how did it work for you? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, it's really well made, and it's very simple. I mean, the fact that it's just plastic is, is helpful, and, and but the fact that I could use it as a 30-centimeter ruler but also could just use it as a smaller ruler was like very helpful for what I was drawing. So it wasn't so cumbersome. Um, the angles I actually used a little bit, um, like to, to just try and apply, uh, try and like draw stuff out, but not massively. The only thing I'll say is like, because it does bend in the middle, if you're drawing a 30 centimeter line, sometimes you do get a little kink in the line at the middle. Gotcha. You know, cause okay. like if it's not perfectly flat, which it kind of never really is, um, you, you know, if you're drawing straight the way down, you might get like a tiny bump, but realistically, okay. that's not that important. Um, I needed a knife and some scissors, and I found uh, something I just thought was interesting called the Slice Ceramic Precision Knife and the Slice Ceramic Scissors. So the ceramic blades, which I thought might be kind of cool to try that thing out. Um, the precision knife was a little weird. It's like... You're supposed to put your finger through this hole in the middle. Like I should have just got the craft I knife. I literally which, hate this concept. Yeah, completely. I did. I'll tell you right now, this was not good. And what I ended up doing was kind of like gripping the whole thing in my hand and using it just around it. Like yeah, staying it away from the loop. Yeah. When I was like, when I was buying it, I didn't see that this company just also makes craft knives, and I and okay. I should have got those because I would have been way happier with just a craft knife. Like I have like an Exacto knife at the studio. But mm-hmm. I kind of like I'm carrying it around uh, backwards and forwards each day. Like I actually didn't want a blade blade in my bag. Right, right, right. Um, right. And you know these are they still do the job, but they're not as sharp, right? Um, so I thought I would go with that. And uh, no, I should have just got the craft yeah. knife, and I would have. You would have to have like a very specific and almost static use case for this. Like there's not a lot of. 
I don't know. Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of flexibility and angles and cutting styles. It feels very rigid and like you would have to like work around. You also kind of can't put the pressure on the, the knife that you need to. Yeah. Cause really like strange with the craft knives, like the, the, yeah. the professor, like teacher, pro- the advisor, mm-hmm. I can't really think of how to, to call the guy. Hey, he would suggest like stand up and put your weight on it, right? Like to really cut oh, wow. through a sure. piece of card, you know. Like, and you yeah. can't do that with this, you know. Yeah, this looks like a good product for the design class because I think this would this would it's it's such it's so small in scope compared to like what the it's like fixing a problem that doesn't need to be fixed. Honestly, yeah. this was a, so. this is an over engineered thing. Yeah, wow, I've but never seen this before. And yeah, the scissors were cool, and then knives. Uh, their knives look cool, and I would prefer mm-hmm. one of those than this. I've used this company's box cutters before. Okay. Um, and so yeah. they, they make interesting products. Everything else looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do recommend their product. Um, I'm actually going to, when my keen comes, I'm going to buy some ceramic blades from them and see how okay. they fit in it. Because gotcha. that might be kind of cool and interesting. Not necessarily. Like, I actually just think the regular blades are better because they are sharper. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, give it a go. But no, yeah, no, yeah, don't necessarily recommend that. But the scissors they make were pretty nice, actually. Yeah, they, they look they good. They did the job. Although the on the ones that I got, they have I got the small set, and they were a bit too small for my fingers. Uh, okay. But they make a few different sets. This company of scissors, so I would maybe go with the regular uh, size. But they were really good for like I was able to get Brad all of this, all of this in my Sinclair. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, the. All the multi-liners, well, obviously not the coloring pencils, but the eraser, sure. the ruler, the knife, the scissors, and the three pens I'm about to mention all went in one Sinclair, which I was very happy about. Yeah. Nice. Best, yeah, that's perfect. Ever. So, yeah, and then I took three pens with me. Um, that was just what I wanted. I took my Mark Three, which is what I did all my drawing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a Mark One just for some notes, and I also took uh, 3776. Um, nice. I took the I have the nicely last. I took that because did you I, ever use it? Yes. Like I would. Notes. I would take it. Okay. Because I also obviously had a sidekick notepad with me, which is what I took my notes on, and then also became like a conversation. Because it was like sure. everyone was like, "Why are you here?" You know, and for everybody else, or there was one person who worked for a large company, and he worked in design at that company, and he came for a refresher. But everybody else was was in. Was 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 had done some kind of college degree and wanted to move into a different area. Like they wanted to move into design, so they were taking the short course to see how they felt. And then I was like, "Well, I make products already." <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was. Everyone was super nice and really intrigued, and lots of people have really nice things to say about the Sidekick Notepad. So that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it was a fantastic experience, and I got to use a bunch of cool stationery for a week, which I'm always happy to do. Yeah, that's really cool. Like I, I'm a, I'm a big kit builder, right? That's mm-hmm. why we, we take questions like that. I did my vacation kit, which I'll do a, a like a short follow up on um, here later in this episode. But I did that, and you know we get all kinds of questions. If you had to do X, what would you carry? So I, I love all that stuff. So it, it's, it's pretty cool that they, um, that they gave you a list, and then you could just kind of um, expand it to how, how you were doing it. So I, I guess really the only questions. 
I have was just like general overall experience. You feel like this was something that was worthwhile, even though it was like only like what it was like one full week and like you took mm-hmm. time off to like do this. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was comprehensive, like as much as you can get in a week. Um, did you feel overall like you took something away from this and you have some ideas you want to explore just in the general sense, um, recapping this and you may have already covered it on Cortex, mm-hmm. but I haven't listened have yet. No, I haven't, we haven't recorded since, and I probably will touch on it. I, I'm pretty sure we will. I don't, uh, we haven't settled what we're doing okay. for the next episode. So I do want to ask you a question, but before I do answer that question, yeah. let's take our first break and thank Squarespace for the support of this show. Squarespace are the only one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell your products, services, and the content that you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. One of the things that I was actually quite struck by is that you know on that course, a lot of people have portfolios that they're working on. This is like the perfect kind of thing for Squarespace. Yeah. They have like the the website templates are so beautiful and they have designs for every category and use case. It's very easy to customize the look of it and update the content and add features to fit your unique needs. You can even get a domain with them if you want to, right? So you can have it all in the one package. It's very easy to make your Squarespace template do what you want. So your idea, brand, business, or art stands out on every device and they've made it even easier to customize with new, the new Fluid Engine, which has a drag and drop, reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile so you can set up a site for your portfolio you can set up a site for your business site for a blog Uh, you can even have a store so maybe actually you make your art and you want to sell some of it whether you sell physical or digital goods squarespace has all of the tools that you need to start selling online and you could organize everything in their asset library where you can upload organize and access all of your content from one place no more scrambling to find that right piece of art you can manage all of your files from one central hub and use them across the squarespace platform so real time saver if you're building out your website go and check out squarespace.com slash pen addict and you can sign up for a free trial this will let you build the whole website you can go in tinker around see how it looks see how it works see how it feels for you and when you're ready to launch, because I know you're going to be sold on it, go to squarespace.com slash penaddict. Use the code penaddict and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict, or one word. When you decide to sign up and you will get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show, our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. You, you you nailed the portfolio option for that came this to me. and using Squarespace. Pretty yeah, good. That's, that's perfect. Like, what do they call that? Content synergy right there? <laughs> uh, so you asked me, did I feel like I took something away from it? And so, yes, definitely. I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest things I took away from it was quite complicated and I'm still trying to wrestle with it, which is like, I want to do more of this. How much do I want to do? <laughs> I'm dying laughing because I literally had this conversation yesterday um, uh, with our friend Kathy uh, for the Spotlight podcast ah. on Relay FM. Literally, how do you decide to like make more stuff and like you know where have you failed before and mm-hmm. what do you want to do? Well, and so yes, I, I will say so. Spotlight is available to Relay FM members. If you're a member, mm-hmm. you get access to this. It's uh, Kathy interviews somebody every every month uh, and. Spotlight has a bunch of different stuff, including backstage, which is our behind-the-scenes podcast that me and Stephen make. So let me let me just restate that. Obviously, I want to make more products. That goes yes. about that. I'm talking about education. Mm, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Th- this is the thing that I'm wrestling with, where it's like, well, I mean, 
They have some other short courses, this is what they're called, which I may do. The problem is the stuff that I'm most interested in is online, which I'm, I don't really want to do. Um, I, I, they have some that are online and some that are in person. One of the in-person ones is a three-week course, which I actually don't think I would be able to realistically make work and, and allow all of my colleagues to still want to work with me. Uh, because... If I was making a bigger change, then we'd have to go get around that. But three weeks is kind of annoying. But maybe it's a, it's an AutoCAD course, and oh, sure. I think that you kind of need, even though it's a beginner's beginning course to AutoCAD. I think I may need to have a bit more technical drawing experience before doing something like that. Yeah. So Brian designed all our stuff in CAD, yes. AutoCAD, and, those and types of programs. When I was talking design. to like the the the. When I was talking in my class with people and with the professor, they were like, realistically, for CAD, you should use one of these online learning platforms to start with anyway. So, because like it, that's kind of the best way to get started. And I actually would agree with that. Like, what I really want to do is like more like theory and, and stuff like that. I mean, and, and genuinely, the easiest way to do this is to go back, is to go to university. And I just mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. Like I right. could do it, right? Uh, and and I, I'm sh- it wouldn't be very easy, but I could do it. Um, and you know, yeah, m- make it work. But I need to, I need to think about if that's really something that I want to do. I like that you're thinking about it, though. Like I yeah. think that's a good takeaway. It's like okay, like I, you're getting some enjoyment out of this. You're getting some work benefit out of this. Yeah and you're scratching a creative itch that is, you know, maybe not quite, you know, bursting at the seams ready to jump out, but, you know, you're going to allowing these other pieces of ideas to start percolating to the top. And what do I do with these things and how do I make them better and how to do I, you know, follow a project from start to fruition and fulfillment. Uh, Yeah, I think it's super interesting. Like at certain points when we were working on projects, it's like, oh man, this is just what I want to do this. You know, I just want to sit in a room and like think deeply about making things. You know, where at the moment in my life, and this is a thing where I just need to maybe work out how I make this work for me. But at the moment with design, I'm like stealing a few hours every now and again, right? To like work Mm -hmm. on ideas that I have rather than like just being able to fully immerse myself in that mindset and like sit and really think about it and so yeah i'm not sure yet i'm not sure yet but i'm I'm gonna try and find other things to do that might give me some of this and then see how it makes me feel you know mm-hmm. yeah love it love it so i uh, good i'm glad we talked about this was this week i was hoping we would and and not just because of the stationary part, because you and I both like to make things. Like it's it's fun to make things, but it's it's not as easy as it seems. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's dig into some stationary stuff that I wanted to follow up on. Most of this is follow up from some recent episodes, some different things I've been writing about or talking about. And the first up is we got some feedback on the Pilot Lightive, which is a fountain pen that looked very similar to the Pilot Explorer. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago because I had some neat colors coming out and I'd just seen them for the first time. And it's the first time I had come across the Light of branding. And our listeners let, let me know that this came out about two years ago. Mm. So right around this time in 2021, the Light of series came about. And as best as I can tell, 
it looks like a regional name change that there's no difference in the pin as far as I can tell. But if I look on like in the U S market, the light of doesn't exist right outside of Amazon. So I think that's all it is. So I'm going to figure out where to order one from, uh, just the light of series. And I went ahead and ordered myself an Explorer because I've given all the ones that I've already owned away and do a comparison just to see if they're identical, but I kind of want to get one of the new ones because that's the point. I mean, they're cool. Like if I'm going to buy something, I'm just don't want to waste it. I want a cool color like those orange or blues that they have for the light of. So I want to check that out, but I think that's going to be the end result. Now I did in some quick searching, these new colors are popping up on some of the Japanese sellers eBay and they're like 70 bucks. <laughs> so that may not be in the cards because the regular light of is priced the same as the Explorer, which is between like 20 and $25. Uh-huh. So the new colors may not be in the cards because I, that would just be not a smart thing to do. So we'll see. I'll try a regular light of and just see if they're really just the exact same thing. Like the, um, pilot metropolitan and the pilot mr were even though they charged quite a quite a premium for the mr version for some reason i think it maybe maybe came with a converter i can't remember the exact deal with that so that's something i want to play around with next up was my real discovery and i'm really confused as someone who loves gel pens as a category that i missed the differentiation between the uniball one and the Uniball 1F. So the one is this gel ink pen that Uni came out with two years ago, something like that. They're reasonably new, and the concept is that the refill is a much more saturated pigment ink, and the colors are deeper and more saturated, like the blues are bluer, the blacks are darker, things like that. Right. And it's it's fine. Like the the ink, sure, okay. Like it's it's not like world changing, but technically, is it more saturated than their basic blue? Yes, that's fine. And I loved the design of the barrel of the one, but the 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 way the cartridge performed. If you take a 0.38 millimeter tip and compare that to the Signo DX 0.3 millimeter tip, the ink performed different enough to make the line width wider. So I preferred the standard uh, DXs and Signos and other standard Uniball ink pens, even though this one was perfectly fine. So then later, I don't know, maybe a year later, they came out with the Uniball 1F. And I didn't even notice the designation, the F designation. I just noticed that they did some solid colors, right? So the original ones were white, and then they had a bit of color trim to match the gel ink color. So like a sky blue had like a sky blue ring around the barrel. Well, these the 1F came out, and it's just like a solid olive green. These same colors that have been so popular, the kind of like the matty looking colors, like su- su- more subtle, less vibrant colors, olive green, orange, light pinks, mauves, things like that. And I thought, just thought, I literally just thought, oh, it's just this full monotone barrel design color. But they actually technically changed the barrel in a substantial way that I had no idea. I thought they were just charging more for this monotone series of pins. The giveaway is the metal tip on the end of the F, which the standard one does not have. And it's not just that, it's that is the 
basically the termination of a larger brass insert inside the front end of the barrel, which is not removable, so you don't see it. And these are solid barrels, so you don't see what's in there unless you open it up and look in there. And it doesn't necessarily feel markedly heavier, mm. but it changes everything about this pen. And I couldn't figure out, I kept reaching for this one specific olive barrel Uniball 1, I was like, oh, I really enjoy writing with this. I really enjoy writing with this. And where the standard Uniball 1s, I would never pick up again. And I couldn't put this one down, and I couldn't figure it out why until I realized I got the other one out. And I was like, oh, it is actually heavier. Why is it heavier? Well, it's this whole brass insert in there. So it was this really weird realization that I came to that I was like, why didn't I know this before? <laughs> like, I felt like I should have known this and noticed this before. Um. So I love this pen and that's kind of the big takeaway from it because it just feels so nice when it's writing. It's, it's weighted towards the tip and I have a huge preference for pens that are front weighted like this. Um, the only issue, well, there's two, there's one minor and one major issue. The minor issue is it doesn't have the rubber grip like the standard one. So it's a slick barrel that doesn't bother me. The bigger issue is that it's like three times the price of the one and I don't understand completely why. I don't think it should be that much variance. Like, okay, I, I can see charging a premium for it, but you go from like a dollar eighty to almost four dollars or over four dollars even, um, just to get a front weighted barrel in like what's essentially a disposable pen, even though they're refillable. That's a that's a big stretch, but to me it's been worth it. So it's uh my nice little fancy four, $4 gel ink pen that has been one of the, it's probably been my most used pen over the past two or three weeks. Uh, once I discovered this, um, I'm taking my show notes with it today and I just carry it around with me at all times. And I wanted to talk about it because I'm surprising myself with it, right? It just caught me off guard. And that's one of my favorite things about stationery as a whole. When I get caught off guard by a very simple, basic product, um, that's, then, that's like one of my lose biggest you for joys. a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> then I I ramble for ten minutes about a stinking gel mm-hmm. pen. So yeah, it's fun, but um, I think Uniball should should market that a little bit heavier, um, because they're certainly charging you for the privilege of it. Uh, let's uh, lean into it a little bit, uh, because it's it's a, le- a really good pen. So like it. Last one, Mike. I don't know if this one was up your alley, and we've talked about this before. And I said I was going to get one because it was, I thought it was beautiful, uh, at least on the pictures. It's the Platinum 3776 Sands of Komodo. Is this yeah. your style of pen? Do you like this This, oh. this teal rose gold? Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is what I say is this is a very nice pairing. It's not. I don't think it's something that, that I would buy because it doesn't feel um, particularly unique as such. But sure, you know. I I do like I do like it like and I, anyone that likes the look of this I thoroughly recommend that you buy it because yeah I mean this is this such a fantastic pen this, yeah this, it's a top tier top tier color combination for me and I did something a little different in ordering the medium nib which I know is mm. your preference mm-hmm. for the thirty seven seventy six it's probably the best writing size for Japanese nibs as a yeah. whole right just for general writing. So I wanted to experiment with that anymore. Um, this is only my second 3776. I have a UEF nib in the Chartres Blue. So no. this is uh, I wanted to add this to the collection here just um, 
for, you know, using because it's beautiful, but also for reference and seeing how this medium nib works and, and all the things. So, uh, really, really beautiful. It's, um, it definitely delivered on what I was seeing in the pictures. It definitely delivered, uh, in person. So it's very, very cool. So not much to say about that because if you've heard us talk about the 3776, you know, we love it. So this is a more limited ish one, but not really. So they, they charge you the premium for that. So it's a little over 300 bucks. Um, so it's not exactly cheap, but, uh, right. really beautiful. Very happy with it. It looks nice. As I say, like it, I'm not jumping for it because I also actually do. Now I know that they do that, and it's what I have. I like when they also do something with the body. Like it's not just simple. Like yeah, I this like is when a smooth body. Mm-hmm. Just because so I they'll think do it, different it looks a different etchings, fun. different mm-hmm. finishes, yep. different lines, different marks, and still keep the translucency. Yeah, because there. Cool. Uh, but this is a smooth barrel. Yeah, I like it when they go a little bit more out there, to be honest, because yep. I know that they can, and when they do, it's fantastic. Um, and that would be their next price point. That yeah. now, now I'm charging you four hundred dollars for that. <laughs> but if you don't have a thirty-seven seventy-six and you think this looks cool, I could not recommend you buy it more. You know what I mean? Like this is just a yes. pen that everyone very listening easy. to this show. If you are into like two hundred dollar fountain pens, right? Or like you, you know, you're into that kind of bucket or three hundred dollar fountain pens. Um, you should own one of these. It sh- you should have one in your collection of 3776 because it, especially if you don't have a platinum nib because they make the best nibs in my opinion. I agree. And it's one of the easiest pens to recommend at this like two to $300 price point. I think yep. you can still get some of the standard colors for under 200, which right. it's exactly the same as this, like mm-hmm. no difference in the pen or the nib or anything like that. So yeah, easy, easy, easy recommendation. You know what else is an easy recommendation, uh, Mike? Tell me all about it. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Factor. This bustling holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on those jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. It can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals that are delivered straight to your door. You're going to be saving time, eating well, and staying on track if your healthy lifestyle while tackling your holiday to-dos. With Factor, you can cross meal prep off your list this holiday season. Their fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, and you have more than 35 flavor-packed options to choose from every week. Like This is actually like a very good idea, right? Like You are dealing with the holiday meal, and especially if you're in America again, right? Like after just doing it a <laughs> yeah, month ago. If you're able to not have to think about the average meals that you're having every day, right? Like your breakfast, your lunch, like even and your dinner, like you're not having to think about those other than the big meal that's coming. I mean, that is like five stars. And Brad's gonna tell you how good this food is. <laughs> I've been having them for lunch every day this week. Like for me, working from home and usually just being res- having a, a, just being responsible for myself for lunch. You know, the kids might be in school, my wife might be at work. So I just need a a solo, easy to quick lunch, easy to cook lunch right in between, you know, recording a podcast and then going to ship pens, popping a factor in the microwave. Two minutes later, I'm I'm eating like a wonderful yesterday. I had a wonderful pork tenderloin and green beans. And today I'm looking at uh, uh, chicken marsala, I believe, is what Mm. I'm I'm prepping for today. So we have to stake a claim on the different meals in the box when they get home because my son will eat them, too. Yep. Um, so we'll kind of sort out, you know, if I get six meals, we'll kind of sort out, all right, I get this, you get this, and we'll have a little little factor meal draft and uh, make sure we're not eating each other's favorite meals 
out of um, the, the factor selection that we got for this week. So it's been great for us. And also, again, holidays, right? We all, not all, most of us, I'll say, indulge a little bit too mm-hmm. much during the holidays. So if you're looking to balance that out, you can look for some calorie-conscious options that don't <laughs> skimp on flavor. In fact, I have delicious dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Or if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best, try Protein Plus that feature 30 grams of protein or more per serving. You can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice because Factor offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door and source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. This December, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Go to factormeals.com slash penaddict50 and use the code penaddict50 for 50% off your first box. That is the code penaddict50 at factormeals.com slash penaddict50 and you will get 50% off your first box. A thanks to Factor for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Mike, we got a shout-out of the week. Shout-out of the week. Which I always love to shout-out our Meet Your, Meet Your Maker post that uh, my friend Caroline writes uh, every month for the Pen Addict. You can find them at penaddict.com. And this month, she talked with Tim Cullen from Hooligan, Georgia. So Tim is interesting in that, unlike a lot of the different makers that we've covered before, you don't uh, click over to Tim's wonderful website and buy a pen. You start a conversation with Tim mm. because he does only custom work and uh, commission-based work. And if you look at some of the pins that he's created, you will see why. These are very personal, very unique, and very complicated and detailed and beautiful, right? I love these. Um, you know, I don't have anything uh, from Tim yet, but looking at the nibs, like maybe I could start with an engraved nib, which look unbelievably cool. Like he does different... Uh, Yovo and Bach fittings and does engraving on some of these steel nibs and gold nibs. So I'll be uh, keeping my eyes peeled for some of these in the future. But uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to Tim. The work looks amazing. And uh, thank you, Caroline, for always uh, coming through with these great stories about these makers in our community. I very, very much appreciate it. We love it. You have to see it. Love it. Um, I might see some of these makers that we've talked about before. I, as a matter of fact, I know I will see some that we've talked about before at the upcoming California Pen Show, Mike, because I will be there. So I have booked my first pen show for 2024. My travel's booked for California Pen Show, which is February 16th through 18th, uh, just outside of LA. I think it's in Torrance. So it's basically, Torrance, yeah. you know, yeah, right there. You know, I think it's like. 10 miles from the airport or something like that. So it's I haven't close been in to that the area airport. before. Yeah, it's close yep. to the airport. I mean, yep, so I'm looking... No, go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is just funny to me. I went to Google Maps to look because it's just mm-hmm. like every pen show says it's one place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's always like next to the place. I feel like that is yeah. just like the general rule. <laughs> like it's just next to the place, except London. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. You know? It's, it's, next, in, next it's in the place. But this one is good, I think, because it's actually a little bit southern, which is nice. It's like a nice kind mm-hmm. of uh, vibe there. And also, it's pretty close to the airport. And the airport is yeah. LAX, so I guess you kind of get away with it that way. Yeah. So, I think last year... So, they're already, so this is their second uh, California pen show from the showrunner. So, last year was at an even closer, I think, pretty much hotel airport. 
right uh, or That's, airport hotel i should say this is better yeah so so they've moved a little bit down the road here so i look forward to experiencing that i know everyone uh, that went last year had a uh, lots of positive things to say uh with especially with them just getting started so I'm go to the to beach yeah you not could. far from yeah. not far from the beach there so um looks like there's yeah. like i don't really know torrance but it looks mm-hmm. like just like looking around on google maps like this stuff you know yeah which is always exactly. good it's good if that's the good thing right have it near stuff like yes. this is something that like we don't see enough of i think like i love the san francisco pen show but it's not near any stuff you know yeah. well, same as atlanta new, atlanta's not it's near at a new place stuff. Oh, they San moved Francisco's it? at a new place, yeah. Where? Uh, last year was their first. Uh, it's closer to the airport, but I can't remember which city uh, okay. it was in. So we were in Redwood City before. Yeah, that's where I was. Which uh, was in like a corporate location. Yeah. And then like, like food and park. stuff was close, but you had to like go across like the interstate. And, and you, you pretty much had to drive, yeah. So uh, I'm not sure on the new one. I think it was much more convenient to food and stuff like that uh, from what I hear. So okay. kind of been to the new one. But uh, Atlanta was historically bad about that. But now they've built up some restaurants like right across the street, like a pizza place and some other things. Yep. But oh, yeah, look at that. N- I'm, I'm looking nothing. at the, the website now for the San Francisco Pen Show. It is, it is the airport hotel, though, which okay. I'm, I tend not to be a super big fan of. But there's stuff around. There at least is stuff yes. around there. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I I appreciate the close access as opposed to like Chicago, where it's airport then forty five minute drive, right? Even yeah, Atlanta's I mean, that a does little suck. bit of a drive. And what I would say is like it depends, right? Like mm. if you're traveling, it I think it's best not to be near the airport. But True. That's Chicago's good because I, it has stuff. Yeah. So we literally you you pull up to stuff. Chicago and you you walk to stuff the, the whole stuff weekend, is the like, most yeah. important thing like no matter what even if you're next to the airport like if you can walk mm-hmm. to restaurants like that is prime like right. in my opinion because if you if you're like oh you got to eat in the hotel or get a Uber like it's like that's not I don't like that so much right because we're usually exhausted and tired and just want food <laughs> exactly <laughs> um speaking of food and stuff um I, I am back from my vacation and I talked beforehand and as I mentioned earlier in this episode, I did a travel journal and I just wanted to do a quick recap on that. So I took a field notes, a Fisher space pen and a Kurataki fine liner and it went really well. I carried the note notebook with me uh, daily. I usually didn't stop and write like in the middle of the day, yeah. right? Like yeah. it was just my myself and my wife. And, you know, I don't, I, the goal is to spend time with your partner when you're on these trips. So I don't want to stop like, hey, let me go sit on this bench and and write and, and do some other things. Um, so I'd usually either at night or first thing in the morning write in my field notes. And I filled, I don't know, over half of it with either writing or, you know, receipts and images and tickets, you know, that I, I taped these in uh, with washi tape, you know, like we went to the tramway in Palm Springs, which is this really cool, you know, lift up to the top of a mountain and has hiking trails up at the top. And, you know, wrote about that and just all the fun things that we saw and did during this whole trip. So it worked out really well. Right. And then when I got back, I was actually thinking this while I was on the trip because I like collecting different ephemera to put into my travel journals when I do this. And I was thinking, well, I've seen several of my friends who do a lot of journaling 
use these little sticker printers or these photo printers. And we've all probably seen like different types of small photo printers where you can print directly from your phone into a device. Um, sometimes you could have like a camera, like an Instax camera that does like the instant pictures that you can hand over to people and, and, uh, or use them for journaling, things like that. So I ended up buying, it's called the Kodak Snap, but it's really the Zinc technology that's used, Z-I-N-K. Okay. Uh, or maybe it's Z-Ink, but there's not a dash in there, but it makes a photorealistic image looks like a camera print, but it's on sticker paper. So you can make these stickers from images in your camera roll on your phones and use them to paste into uh, your notebooks, your journals. You know, they're obviously great for any type of journaling that you want to do. It doesn't have to be Is like travel journaling, but like your daily journaling. Yeah, Kodak. Wait, what are you printing? It was, like, what are you using to print them? So the the device physically is uh-huh. called the Kodak Snap. Okay. And it's a little handheld device. It's no bigger than a Field Notes. It's very tiny. I think is it was it about Polaroid Snap? I, I, I know I'm, I'm being annoying here. I'm really struggling no. to find that exact thing because I can find Kodak okay. Printomatic and I can find mm-hmm. Polaroid Snap. And nope. they print it is the neither paper. of those. It's literally uh, Kodak. Oh, uh, you know what? Because I'm telling you the wrong name. I'm, so I'm, the chat's probably yelling at us now. Step. Kodak Step, S-T-E-P. I, was, I thought it was Snap. There it is. Now I got it. It's Sorry, the printer. It's not a camera. Yes. It's, it's a, not a camera. Yes, uh-huh. it's a printer. So it has the um, the photo sticker paper that you put in, which is the zinc yep. technology piece of the thing. So my apologies. Yes, Kodak Step. I wrote that no, wrong. That. I, I wrote it wrong in the show notes is why I was yeah. fixated on that. Um, but yeah, it's small, portable, handheld. Like I'm going to take it when I go to the California Pen Show, right? And you can sit there and take pictures and print out a snicker sticker for someone to put in their journal, like while we're sitting there and, you know, having a drink, sharing pens at night. And I just thought it was a cool little accessory yeah. that will be like additive to my journaling experience. So maybe that'll be a stationary resolution uh, in the new year to journal a little bit more. And you can do, you can modify like the image layouts and you can do like you four smaller images on like a single, on a single sheet so you can cut out like four stickers instead of having one larger like two by three sticker so it's very cool i'm very happy with it and uh it seems like a fun little accessory so yeah that's uh how my vacation ended with me buying more toys to journal with so i'm pretty happy with how it's turned out i've definitely printed out some pictures and taped them into or just stuck them into my notebook and it works great yeah, I will say this is interesting to me when listening to last week's episode too about the idea of a traveling journal, right? That you use it to note things that you've seen or done mm-hmm. because that was something Tosti was doing, right? With with the actual travelers, right? Like this, and yes. then getting it stamped, like doing the whole. I thought it's kind of a cute idea, right? Like if you're having a nice little holiday, like you want to remember it, it's like a nice way yeah. to do it. I will so say that this, like, is... this is not the same thing, but like Apple have their journaling app now, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually really good for that because if you're taking a bunch of photos and walking around, like these are the kinds of things that the app recommend to you of like, hey, do you want to write about this thing you did? Here's a bunch of photos and like a walking path that you took. And so the Apple Journal app is is actually pretty good at this. But obviously, you know, no one wants that digital nonsense, right? We want pens and paper (laughs) around here. You kidding me? But yeah, I did uh, dabble with the with the journal app, and it, I do like how it it pulled like on all, all my trip pictures. It's like, hey, this is what you did on this day. I was like, oh, that's pretty fresh. I like that. I just wished that it could pull information from other apps, not just Apple's apps. 
Oh yeah, I had a I had some challenges with it for sure. It's yeah. very basic. It's very basic, yeah. and it's like like I want to do some very simple things. I was like, huh, can't really do no. that well. <laughs> but again, then you then so, you move to day one, and what exactly. is kind of cool, like the suggestions that it makes, day one can pull those into. Exactly. So Apple Ex- built yes. that as an API. So if you're a day one user, that. day one just got better because of this. So. Yeah, exactly. You love like to see it, information. Brad. You love yep, to see yep. it. So, but back on the stamps. So, like, we went to Joshua Tree National Park, and if you go to like the, um, like the visitor center when you pull in, they have all the stamps. So you mark your, um, you get like a passport stamp. You know, December seventh, yeah. two thousand twenty-three. You know, yeah, I stamp cool. my stamp my journal, and I'm a, I have my Junior Ranger stamp, <laughs> Mike. For oh, Joshua Tree. No, thank you, thank you. Explore, <laughs> learn, protect. So yes, I. Proud I, of you. I got my Junior Ranger badge stamp. Uh, <laughs> there so yeah i just i oh you mean you have all these stamps sure i will i will use them all so yeah it was great it was great all right this episode is brought to you by ship station it is the calm before the holiday storm but don't (laughs) let that stress you out you can compare you can prepare your e-commerce business for the holiday rush right now just by using ship station With ShipStation, you can easily automate shipping tasks and manage orders in one simple dashboard. You can quickly and easily update crucial order information and reduce errors. ShipStation provides effortless integration everywhere that you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. And you can also manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications. Simplify and automate your shipping no matter how big your business grows. ShipStation has enterprise solutions that reduce warehouse costs and improve profitability. ShipStation's robust automations and reporting make scaling easy, and as your business grows, you can save thousands on shipping costs. Brad, is ShipStation helping you out with the holiday storm? We got ShipStation smoking this month, Mike. It is on. But yeah, I love that um, I can just walk in uh, to the shipping department here at the house uh, fire up the computer and click on ShipStation and boom, all my orders are in there ready to go. And I just start working, right? ShipStation makes it easy. Um, you know, it just automatically deposits the funds. When I need more shipping, I have all kinds of shipping options based on what um, customers would like to use for their shipping platform of choice. Yeah. And it's all built in there at ShipStation. It's so simple, so easy, and it just works. It's why I've probably been using ShipStation for a, at least a decade at this point. With ShipStation, you can even get industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post of up to 84% off. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. Brad's is one of them. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Set up your business for holiday success this holiday season with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use the code PENADDICT today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com and the code PENADDICT. They'll know you also heard about it on this show. Thank you to ShipStation for their support of the Pen Addict and Relay FM. Should we finish out today with a couple of us TPA questions, Mr. Dowdy? Yeah, let's do them. Uh, as we get further and further behind the list here, I think we should uh, catch up on uh, some of these for sure. I'm going to start out with a question from Eric, and Eric has a, has a demand for you, Brad. All right? Okay. Mm. He demands information. Why hasn't the Pen Addict ever reviewed the paper mind? I can't even say this. Pacified? 
Pacipede. Yeah, Pacipede. I, I don't know notebook. exactly. P-A-S-S-E-P-I-E-D. Passpad notebook. It's by far the best notebook I've found in the standard A5 hardcover category that I use. The Japanese paper inside is unusual and fantastic, both showing inks very well and it's very pleasant to write on. The notebook itself is well-constructed and beautiful with a refined linen cover. The notebook should be getting all sorts of praise. I never hear about it, and I worry if the word doesn't get out, it's going to disappear. Wow, call me out, Eric. Jeez. I know. So I <laughs> no. actually Googled this, and I don't know, maybe this is part of your answer, but they were a sponsor on the Pen Addict at one point. Uh, they have been. So yeah. uh, I'm friends um, with Blake over at the Paper Mind, does some awesome, awesome notebooks. We actually have the Passpeed notebook, <laughs> Eric, so it will be coming soon. Oh, great. We've had it for a while. I believe it's in Kimberly's hands right now, so... You know, it's just in the rotation. It's 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 slotted in for a review. Um, it has, you know, we're not always the, the most timely bunch. And I, I do that on purpose, to be honest. Like, I don't want to be forced into, um, you know, doing things. Uh, we want to these reviews to come naturally when they come in the workflow. So um, you can bet we will review this notebook uh, coming soon. Because I have heard lots of positive things like Eric Great. is mentioning. And I've used, um, you know, other products from the paper mine very successfully. Like I reviewed, like I'm a bank paper person, right? So mm-hmm. they have a, um, they have a, bla- um, a bank paper model that I've used, used for a lot of reviews. You see it in a lot of reviews that I post, including the one I did this week, but, uh, the Passpeed, um, we will have soon. I hope hopefully in the next month or two, we'll get a review up on that. And then I'll see if I need to, uh, get another one to test out for myself and see what uh, Kimberly thinks about it. So I believe that's where that notebook is currently residing in Kimberly's hands. You sex, you successfully divide, uh, just oh my word. What's wrong with me? You successfully <laughs> survived mm-hmm. being put on blast. Yeah, that's right. I, I like being put on blast. Like, yeah, it's good. Like we miss <laughs> a lot of things. Heck, I didn't <laughs> even know Uniball made a, Uniball made an F one. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I miss lots of things. John said, I recently bought a pilot vanishing point of a fine nib. I already own one of a medium nib, which is my go-to pilot nib size. I like the finer size, but I'm curious. Why does pilot make their fine nibs so much finer than their mediums? I feel like their fine is a proper Japanese F, a Western EF, while their medium is close to a Western M. I think this is more, you're going to find this more in... The vanishing point nib. This is kind of a timely question, even though we've been sitting on it for months. I just loaned out a couple of vanishing points, one with a fine nib, one with a medium nib to a friend, and I just got them back. And so I was writing with them. I was like, wow, this medium is really wide. And wow, I love how fine this fine is. So uh, I think you're right in this assumption, John, but I think that it ends... It, it starts and ends in the vanishing point size. I think they're full size nibs, like you're starting at like their number 10 size nibs. I think you're going to have like a, a better scale of going from a fine to a medium in the full size nibs. At least that's been my experience okay. uh, with pilots nibs. And this is also why I never recommend the pilot vanishing point extra fine nib. And I do recommend the pilot extra fine you know, number 10 size nib, like in a pilot custom 74, because the extra fine in the vanishing point is too fine, too fragile. And it's kind of an outlier. Um, if you want that in a nib, it's, it's great for you. But as someone who loves extra fine nibs, I can't use the pilot vanishing point extra fine nib. I think there's a little bit 
more of a, a gap in the sizing when you make those nib jumps from one to the other, but specifically in the vanishing point category, not in their full size category. Um, at least that's my kind of anecdotal evidence to that. But I agree with what you're saying, John, and I think it's it's contained to the vanishing point nib uh, more than anything. And Kelly asks, what is the recommended way to ship pens when you don't have their original packaging? I do a few different things because I do ship a lot of pens that I give away and the, the original packaging is gone. I will usually just um, uh, bubble wrap and envelope them and sleeve them and then put them in something else, right? Kind of like a, like a, almost like a two layer approach. I'll just do, if I just have a pen, I'll put I'll put it immediately into bubble wrap, just kind of like roll it in there, tape it up tight, mm, that's good. then put something over the top of that, like a smaller envelope, and then just put it in a larger larger envelope to ship. So because if you were also I, worried, right, I'm sure you could buy mm -hmm. tubes from like a hobby store yep. pretty easily. Yep, so right? you can get tubes, like we use tubes for spoke design. So actually, that's probably a good, good thing. We literally buy a couple of different diameter tubes for our pencils and then for our wider standard pens and things like that. And we, you, certain tubes you can cut to size, right? You can buy like, a, I don't know how long the tubes are, maybe 18 inches and uh, you can cut them to size and have extra caps to enclose the tube to whatever length you need. So that's a pretty good thing. And then I would still put them into another, you know, I still put those into a bubble wrap sleeve and then inside of a box. So yeah, I'll have to find out where we order those tubes from. I can't remember it off the top of my head. It's basically like an engineering supply company where we get these tubes. So that's actually not a bad idea at all. If you would like to send in a question of your own for a future episode, go to penaddictfeedback.com and you can write them in there. We're also asking for your stationary resolutions and we're going to talk about that yeah. in our first episode of the new year, which is our next episode. As we mentioned earlier, we'll be back now in January. So we're taking... Small break over the, the Christmas period. Um, so we'll, we'll take the opportunity right now to thank you so much for your uh, listenership over the last year. Uh, we really appreciate it. You know, this is one of those... The Pan Addict is such a little joy for me. Um, mm. and I love working with you, Brad, as is obvious by the amount of time we've worked together now at this point. Uh, and it's just a fun little time, and it doesn't feel like my other shows, and I really like that. And so I just want to mention at this point that I'm very thankful that this podcast exists uh, for us and in my life. And so, well, thank you so this. much. Um, I would comment on that and and reciprocate, but I just recorded Spotlight, and I don't want your head to get too big. So I'll just yeah, baby, I can't that. wait to hear that. <laughs> and you can have all your platitudes I just on there want people because to talk about me. You know, I, I just want to be recognized <laughs> in my lifetime. That's all it is. <laughs> But no, this is this is one of the most fun and enjoyable things that I do, and I have you to thank for that. So appreciate you. Another appreciate great year all in the of books. You. Appreciate our sponsors for this episode: ShipStation, Factor, and Squarespace. If you want to find us online, in the meantime, Pen Addict on Instagram, Threads. Yeah, yeah. ish. Yeah, Ish. and Mastodon. Dabbling, dabbling. You can find Brad streaming three times a week over at twitch.tv slash penaddict. You can find Brad's products over at spokedesign.com. You can find mine at cortexbrand.com. Uh, Sidekick Calendar Companion is a thing that exists now. Uh, if, you want a, if you are not keen on the Sidekick Notepad, or maybe you are keen and would like a seven-day agenda version that's now available, 
uh, for you if, if you want that. Um, you can find me. I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, uh, on Instagram, threads, Mastodon, and everywhere else. Uh, Brad, do you have anything new that you want to call out Spoke Design before we wrap up today's episode? Or anything we just specific? did, yeah. We just did. Uh, Brian just made a bunch of our Model Six pencil, which has always been a popular option because it comes in two different grip diameters. We still have. Uh, we just that was our last uh, kind of inventory push before the holidays, so we're not really uh, going to be shipping much out uh, at this time of year. But we still have a bunch of those in stock, and I know those are a very popular item when we get them in. And Brian uh, loaded us up, and so we're uh, we're ready for that, and we have a, a bunch available for you, including a couple new colorways. Heck yeah. Looks good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's well, a fun look? Oh, I like the red and blue ones. Very Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a really cool one. Always does super well. As it should. Mm-hmm. Uh, also go to penaddict.com where you'll find reviews, which sometimes the team can be bullied into doing. <laughs> T- turns out. Eric. Turns Thanks, out. Eric. Eric. Thanks, Eric. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, but thank you all. We'll be back next episode in two weeks. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>